Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Aloha and welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm Monica Swanson and I'm so glad you're here with us today. Guys, I've been really looking forward to sharing this episode with you for a few weeks now. I recorded this interview before I left town for my three-week trip and it should be airing just as I get back from my trip. But this conversation with my friend Becky Keefe is one I know will encourage so many of you. I've gotten to know many of you through my years of blogging, writing my book, and now podcasting. And I believe that Becky's message will resonate with so many of you. Um, Becky's brand new book just came out this fall called No Better Mom for the Job. And Becky addresses that feeling so many of us have of, am I really the right mom for these kids? I've heard from many of you who were raised with sisters and maybe you always imagined having daughters. And now here you are with a son or two or three. And you're saying, what in the world was God thinking giving me these boys? And surely someone else would be a better mom for these boys. And so with that in mind, I just know that Becky's message is going to be an encouragement to you. Becky's super real, down to earth, shares her life as it is, and I just think she's a lot of fun to talk to. So I hope today's conversation will be a big encouragement to many of you. I want to thank you again for continuing to leave those ratings and reviews and sharing my podcast with your friends and on social media. It just blesses me every time. There will be show notes for everything that Becky and I talk about over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast, or it should be listed also this week as monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 30. Wow, we made it to 30 episodes. Okay, guys, well, I'm super excited about all the different episodes coming up in the weeks ahead, and I thank you for your time today. I hope that um, this conversation with Becky Keefe is a big encouragement to you. So without further ado, I'll let you listen in to this chat with Becky. Well, aloha, Becky. Thanks so much for joining us on the Boy Mom Podcast. Oh, Monica, it's such a joy to be here with you today. It is fun to have you on. Becky and I just really got to know each other in the past year, is it, I think? Why don't you tell everyone just a little about you and your family so that everyone can get to know you before we dive into today's topic? Yeah, so my husband, Chris, and I have been married for 14 years, and we have three spirited boys. <laughs> Anyone listening have spirited boys? Uh -huh. God God gave us three boys in three and a half years, which rocked my world in mm -hmm. all kinds of ways. Um, but now um, our sons are 10, 9, and 7. 
we make Southern California home mm -hmm. and I'm just in a really sweet season of, of writing and speaking. Um, and I am also the community manager for Encourage, which mm -hmm. is a website owned by Dayspring and we create resources that help women live their faith. And I love the work that I get to do there. Mm, what a full life you've got going right now. Definitely. <laughs> I love it. And um, you just released a book shortly after Boy Mom came out. Tell us about your book. I did. It's called No Better Mom for the Job. And the subtitle is Parenting with Confidence even when you don't feel cut out for it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what it's about. It's about learning to believe and embrace that God did not make a mistake in making us the exact mom of our exact kids. And whether we came to motherhood through birth or fostering or adoption or marriage, that God has a plan and a purpose for um, our lives and our kids and our motherhood. And so, yeah, it's been really fun to see um, No Better Mom for the Job launched into the world, uh, just came out October 1st, and just to hear about how it's already impacting the hearts and homes of, of women around the world. Yay, I love it. I had a chance to read it a little in advance, and I just felt like I met a kindred spirit as I read the pages because part of my story, too, is just hitting that place where I thought, surely, God, there's got to be a better mom for these boys. And mm -hmm. the more I talk to women, I realize that though not everyone says it out loud, I think most of us hit that point sooner or later in our parenting journey. And that's really what I want to talk about today because you you do such a great job at just communicating to women in such an effective way that, that God didn't make a mistake. And I just want to dive into that with you and, and just share some of the heart of your book. Of course, over in our show, show notes, we will have links. So everyone should get their hands on your book, absolutely, and track you down and follow you in all of the places. But I want to just use this time to encourage the mom out there who's listening, whether she's got a little one or, uh, you know, maybe a son who's getting a little bit older, but she just wonders why God gave her this boy or maybe why God gave this boy the mom that she is. And and I love yeah. your heart for encouraging moms. So I'd, I'd love to just kind of maybe walk you through some questions related to what you talk about in your book. Is that all right? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, first of all, you weren't raised with brothers, were you? Talk to us about how you were raised and how maybe that prepared you for this book. Yeah, so no, I grew up with mostly just my mom and my two older sisters. And so I don't know, I just had this picture like, of course I'll have girls. Like, yeah. of course, like I'll have a daughter. And so I had this picture of motherhood in my mind that included things like pigtails and Judy Boone <laughs> books and... Yes you know, um, quiet afternoons at the library, pouring <laughs> over stacks of picture books. Like surely this is what motherhood would be like. Uh -huh. And so when God gave me one boy and then 19 months later, boy number two, and then 22 months uh, later, boy number three crashed onto the scene. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this boy life that I'm now living? Sure. And, um, Monica, there is so much mud and wrestling <laughs> yes. and noise and yeah. bathroom humor. And uh -huh. so often I have just felt like, oh, like I'm not cut out for this. There is another woman out there who would do a better job in my shoes. And sure. so, yeah, a big part of my journey has been learning to surrender this surrender. picture yeah. we yes. had 
-hmm. in our minds. I think we all come into motherhood with some type of expectations or picture of how it's going to be and be like, okay, like God, do I, am going to, am I going to live like trying to compare my, my actual life to this made up life? Or am I going to start to really decide, okay, God, you have something for me and for these boys, these precious, amazing boys. And, And how do I learn to embrace that? Yes. Oh, I love that. And, and I've confessed before that I, I'm a bit of a cheater because I did grow up with only brothers. And so the boy world was something I really was familiar with. And I, I, my mom tells stories of how I was the daughter after two older brothers and how she was so excited because she's like, Oh, finally a girl, she's going to want dolls and, and all that. And when I got old enough to tell her what I wanted for my birthday, I asked for trucks. (laughs) She was like, wait a minute, because all I knew was what I saw my brothers doing. And so though I did have a feminine side, I loved to dance and I love flowers, but um, truly there, there was just a lot of tomboy in me. And so I do hear though, from a lot of moms, I just recently received an email from a mom who said she just found out she was pregnant with her fourth son. And Mm -hmm. she was just really grieving the idea Mm -hmm. that there probably wasn't going to be a daughter in her life. And, and she asked me if that's something I went through. And and I think that I have had times where I'm a little bummed, like, oh, it would be so, you know, I think if anything, I'd like to see my husband with a daughter. I just think that would be so Uh special. But it hasn't been one of those things that I've really grieved. And so maybe speak to that mom out there who might have just found out that her second or third child is a son. And that's probably the last child they're going to have. Do you have any words of encouragement for what you went through? Yeah. Well, I'll just be totally honest. Um, I cried not once, mm-hmm. not twice, but three times sure. in the OB's bathroom office <laughs> because like getting that news and it's like, it just was this, yeah, this kind of grief of a dream. And the same thing that you said, I totally knew how much my husband would love just that, um, that father daughter bond. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like, what I'd say to that mom who was like, oh, like, I'm grateful for this child, and I know this son is going to be a gift from the Lord. And yet, I think we have to just make space for the, and yet, make space for all the fullness of your feelings. Mm-hmm. So I feel like once we give ourselves permission to feel, mm. then, like, if you could see me right now, like, my hands are open. I just have this, like, sense of, like, we have to feel it, and then we can open our hands and surrender it and be like, yeah. Lord, like, this isn't what I expected, but do I believe that you have the best for me. And so that was very much like what I experienced. And especially like when I kind of just had to shake my head when boy number three came along because he made grandson number eight with no daughters. Oh, you're kidding. And everyone assumed like, and also like we were the last to have our last baby. Like, of course, like there's been seven grandsons in 10 years. Like, of course this has to be a girl. And when Jude was Jude and not Uh. Judy, um, (laughs) Um, honestly, God brought me to a place of delight, delight for that. My boys got to grow up in this land of brothers and, um, you know, and so I think it's just like reframing how we see the, how we see the gift. And, you know, it's funny, like we said about, you know, like your mom wanted you to play with these dolls and, and I wasn't really a super girly girl either, but I have a funny doll story when, um, when I was, when I was, had my second son and my oldest was just a toddler and knew that, you know, that'd be a hard transition for him. My mom was like, oh, like, I'll get Noah, like, a baby boy doll so he can take care of his baby while mm-hmm. mommy takes care of her new baby. 
And I was like, oh, that's great. Like I I've seen my friends with daughters, you know, take care of the baby and they burp the baby, you know, uh -huh. and all that stuff. Well, <clears throat> oh no. So my mom <laughs> my mom comes over. I have a bad feeling. <laughs> with said baby boy doll and, and, and hands it to my son. And he looks at it and he takes off the little boy overalls. He taps on the anatomically correct baby boy part. <laughs> then he holds the baby boy doll by his ankles and proceeds to use it like a golf club and swing with like a full professional golf stance <laughs> and hit a ball across the house uh -huh. and it lands in a laundry basket and he raises his hands in victory. There you go. There that, you that, go. that precious little doll was uh -huh. effectively a golf club or a sword <laughs> or a bat. And I had to be like, this is my life with boys. This <laughs> is what an indication right there. <laughs> Welcome to boy momhood. I love it. Right? Oh, well, um, I can relate so well. And sometimes I cringe when I see what my boys do and think, oh, if anybody saw that. But I think most boy moms out there <laughs> have seen worse. So Right. You have to like laugh instead of being like, no, no, that's not how dolls played with. Well, you know that's what? how dolls played with for you. And yes. you know what? Just to like find the joy and delight in not trying like that's a big part of my story like not trying to shoehorn my boys into this picture of of childhood i imagined for them but totally. to really learn who they are yes. and parents alongside of that i love that i do want to circle back just as you were talking earlier it kind of occurred to me along the same lines as you mentioned having older sisters and i imagine that some of the nostalgia some of what women think of if they want to have you know more than one child is that sibling relationship and so I'm sure that mm -hmm. that is also you know a, a hard thing to let go of if, if somebody's had sisters that they're close to and picturing that relationship and for me if anything I have a really good relationship with my mom so I think you know we used to take special girl trips together and leave the guys behind and do mother-daughter things and so that's probably one thing I really am sad if I think about I'll never have that daughter to do these things with but also the sibling mm -hmm. relationship and I love seeing my boys together, just they're, you know, growing up to be best friends. And yet I think that no matter what the situation is, we can foster great sibling relationships. If we have one girl, one boy, all boys, yeah. I think that's just, it's always going to be unique. It's never going to be the same, but uh, I think that maybe moms need to realize that all different um, situations can foster great friendships. So how, are, how do your boys do about getting along at this age? They're at kind of a different season than mine are in. How are they doing? Yeah. Um, you know, they are best friends and also <laughs> there's, there's, there's bickering, there's yeah, fighting. Sure. There's, you know, them uh -huh. just, it's funny because if they, you know, we have a rule in the house, like if you don't treat each other with kindness, then you won't be together. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they will be, you know, just kind of going at it with each other. And then I'll be like, okay, like you have, like you're in the living room, you're in your room, you're over here. Mm -hmm. And then cue like the wailing and gnashing of teeth. Oh, like sure. they're like, no, like we want to be so together. It's funny, yeah. Right. Cause, and they, but they know how to press each other's buttons, but they're also like really, really sweet with each other. Um, yes. So I have, um, they're in fifth grade, fourth grade and first grade. Wow. And my first grade and fourth graders um, classes at school happen to be paired up as buddies oh. and normally they don't um put siblings together but both of my boys ask their teachers can I please be with my brother can oh, my brother awesome. please be my buddy oh my goodness and, and so that tells me like you know what like 
some, you know, siblings might be like, oh, yeah, like I see you all the time, but they, even in that school context, like want to be together. And so I'm like, okay, something must be going okay. I love that. I love that. That says a lot right there. Well done, mama. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Well, one other thing you talk about in your book is just understanding how you and your sons are wired. I want mm -hmm. to dive into that because that's one of my favorite things to talk about. I just love studying personality and, and just understanding, you know, I really talk about self-awareness, teaching my boys to be self-aware and understand themselves. How does this work with your boys? Yeah. Well, you know, this is something that first came up in my motherhood when my sons were quite young. Um, and it came up in the form of, finding myself over and over in these situations where I was so frustrated. Mm -hmm. I was frustrated with my mothering. I was frustrated with their behavior. And I just felt like, oh, like, why can't you be different? Why can't mm -hmm. I be different? <laughs> like, yeah. why can't we do things that other people do? And so <laughs> like the classic example that I talk about in the book is like something as simple as like, let's go to the park. Like that seems normal. Like yes. that's what other people do. Right. And yet I'd have these experiences where we show up and I have, you know, one or two toddlers and a baby in tow and I meet up with a friend and their daughter sits in the stand and shares her shovels nicely <laughs> and sure. digs contentedly. And it's this beautiful picture. And all I want to do is just sit by that sandbox and talk to my friend yep. for a little adult conversation. And instead I have these spirited boys who are climbing to perilous heights and finding hidden faucets and flooding the playground and running into the parking lot. And yep. I'm just like, you can't sit down. <laughs> I cannot sit down. Yeah. And I leave just feeling like so defeated. Mm. And so what I had to identify was, okay, I had to stop comparing Mm -hmm. myself and my kids to other people and their mm -hmm. mothering and their kids and Huge. be like, how, how am I wired and how are my kids wired? And so, so good. in that young season, and then, and then attached to that is the question, how can I set boundaries that will set myself and my kids up for success? Yes. Love that. Like I felt like, Preach. okay, this, this simple park, the simple park outing, like we were failing, I was failing and it. I wasn't delighting in my kids and I wasn't being the best version of myself. And so I had to realize like my boys are wired, active and curious and independent and all these things that I could frame as negative or I could reframe as positive mm -hmm. and be like, and also like I am, I prefer more structure. I have some fears about wide open public spaces because yes. of the way my kids are. And so, so in that season, I realized like a boundary I could set for myself was, you know what, we're only going to go to gated parks, there you go. like, a, like, a, like a gated park. It sounds simple, but there was this beautiful sprawling park right by my house, but no, I was going to drive 15 or 20 minutes to have that physical boundary that would give my active boys a physical boundary. And it just set us up for success. Like sometimes they would climb that fence, but, sure, um, sure. but you know, like it just was this, this shift of like, I don't have to like live always feeling fuming and defeated. I can make a change that will help me parent better the kids entrusted to my care. Uh, I love that, Becky. And I love that you take the time to consider also what works for you. Even, mm -hmm. even in my homeschool journey, I hit a place where, you know, there's so many people will talk about parenting 
or, or I'm sorry, schooling your child for their learning style. And I think, oh, yeah. that's great. But I hit a point where I was like, you know what? Enough about my kid's learning style. I, I have to do what works for me too. I've got four of right. these boys that I'm trying to educate. If I were to try to meet everybody's specific learning style, I, I there's not enough hours in the day. So I had to come up with a compromise where I found a curriculum that would work good enough for their yeah. learning style and good enough for my personality, my schedule, just my lifestyle. But I love that you you even consider that in things like taking the kids to the park. Because so often I think we're like, no, we have to do whatever is best for the kids, whatever is best for the kids. Well, no, it actually matters what's going to work for mom too. So right. that's so important. I love that. Right. And that can manifest in all different life stages and mm -hmm. seasons. And the thing that I really discovered is that these boundaries, they are there to free you, not to imprison you. Yes. Like it's, it's so. not a punishment. It's, it's to give yourself some freedom in motherhood to be like, okay, I've already decided in advance some of the things that are going to work well for us yeah. and those boundaries can change anytime they are needed. So yes. like another example is, so my husband, he is a college coach. Mm -hmm. He coaches um, collegiate volleyball. And when we, before we had kids, I would go to every game mm -hmm. and I knew all the players and all the parents and I love supporting him in that way. And then when I just had a baby and then a toddler and they could be in the stroller, like we would go. And then I got to a point where you go to like a gymnasium with like toddlers and preschoolers and they think that that's like bleachers are their, their jungle gym oh, and sure. they're flying balls. And like, I could not get us to sit still. And it became this like super stressful experience. And I was like, you know what, for this season, mm -hmm. yes, I want to support my husband and I want my kids to like see what their dad does. But for the season, like the, the cost was not worth the benefit. Totally. So totally. we're going to stay at home and I'm going to watch the live stats on my yeah, computer. There you go. And, and now we're in a season where now things have shifted and now we can go to the games and I pick up Chick-fil-A and we mm. eat while we're watching. And, um, Yay. so just, you know, if you feel like, oh, well, is it, is it always going to be this way? No. No, it's not like I love that. you will grow up with your kids as they grow and you will make new boundaries as, as it's needed. I love that. I love that. And I think that most of us, as we get a little older, looking back can think of those seasons where we're like, I totally killed myself trying to force something that mm -hmm. it would have been so much more wise to just stay home because yes, I had plenty of years to do A, B, C, and D. And so I think right. if some of the younger moms listening might take notes on that and take a little pressure off your shoulders and just say, actually, I think I'm going to take this one thing off of our schedule this week because it's, we've got lots of years for that ahead. So I think that's a good word of wisdom. Right. You don't have to say yes to every good thing because mm -mm. it might not be the best yes for your season. Totally. Like Love even that. good things like my church offers like the Awana program and it's uh -huh. great for kids to go and memorize verses, but man, that doesn't end until eight twenty-five. And when my kids were, you know, three, four and five uh -huh. bedtime for my sanity was yes. seven o'clock. And yes. so I was like, this is a good thing, but no, I don't, it doesn't make me a better mom or a better Christian to, totally. to say yes to this thing that would just have these, you know, wreck havoc on our rhythm and our schedule and my yeah. boy's behavior the next day. So totally. pressure, oh, yeah. pressure off mamas. Pressure off. I love that. And I think it takes 
just, you know, sometimes you just have to be brave and just take that step of saying, actually, I'm not going to sign up. And all your friends are and you're like Mm -hmm. cringing inside, wondering if it's the worst thing you ever did. And then later you're like, thank God I didn't do that. That was such such a good decision. I love that. Okay. I want to dive next into one of my favorite topics you talk about, and that is learning to celebrate your unique mom strengths. You have Mm -hmm. such a way of tackling this one. Talk to us about our mom strengths. Yeah. Monica, as women, and especially as moms, I think we are so keenly aware mm. of our weaknesses. Yeah. We're so, it's so easy for us to rattle off a list of, you know, five ways that we could be a better mom or a better mm-hmm. wife or a better parent or a better homeschooler or better, better everything, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I can think, oh, like I need to be more patient and I could, you know, cook my family something other than like turkey tacos every night. Like <laughs> there's so many ways that we can be better do better. But what I realized that in, in learning to believe and embrace that God did not make a mistake in making me the mom of my kids, I had to see, okay, well then how did God make me? What Mm. are my unique mom strengths and how do those meet the needs of my exact kids? And so I think it can be as simple as the actual discipline of making a list Mm. and don't discount what you do well. It's also, I found it's also easy to be like, well, everyone does that. Well, every, everyone's good at that. Everyone, you know, everyone does such and such. And your strengths have nothing to do with anybody else. Right. Like, so it can be something, it can be things as simple as like French braiding hair, hiding veggies in your, in your food, sure. teaching your toddlers the ABCs or your teens to drive. Like, I had a really hard time teaching my kids to read, like, which kind of caught me off guard because I'm like, I'm a writer. (laughs) Like I love to read, like shouldn't this come naturally? And so when I saw in a friend, like she just loved teaching her kids to read, I was able to call out and be like, you are so good at that. And she was like, well, well, yeah, but everyone does that. I'm like, no, no, they don't. And so I love um, that. Yeah. So like in, you know, I've had a, in different seasons and in different seasons, I have to call it out. So like yes. when my kids were young, I had to be like, okay, like I don't want to deal with like glue and glitter and I can't take my kids on amazing field trips because that's way too stressful. But guess what? I'm really good at fostering imagination and we can do all sorts of things with cardboard boxes and a shovel in the backyard. I love uh, that. I love you know, that. I'm good at, I'm good at helping cultivate gratitude in my kids. I'm mm-hmm. good at bedtime prayers. Like, yes. like there are things that each of us are good at. And once we start, stop focusing on all of the weaknesses that we see in ourselves and instead be like, okay, yes, we have room to grow, but God, like, like what am I good at today? Oh, and it. It, it bolsters that confidence it and does. helps us to see like, oh my God, you are working in me and through me and I can celebrate these things in myself. Oh, I love all of that so much. And again, same as the last topic, I feel like it, it took me many years to get to that mm-hmm. point of confidence. So if some of the younger moms listening can just try to own that now, I say save yourself a lot of of really, you know, wasted energy thinking, dwelling on the things you're not good at. I even see it in my homemaking. There's Mm -hmm. parts of homemaking that I'm like, I just, I can't ever seem to get this area clean or I can't seem to stay on top of the paperwork. I'm like, but you know what? I, I cook great dinners or, you know, I'm, I'm actually know what my family really loves to eat. And there's always clean laundry, you know, the laundry room may not be perfectly 
organized, but it's that you've always got something to wear. So I love that idea of just focusing on what you're good at and even talking about it. I mean, I'm just getting more confident being able to say the other morning, my husband was trying to hurry me and I said, honey, I just got to say my, I'm getting slower. My mornings are moving slow. It's like, but I'm really good. At, and I just like pulled something random out, but I, I laughed because I thought it's good to remind people that you know what you're good at and it's okay to have some areas you're not good at and just live with that. We're not, we're not supposed to be perfect. I think we can totally. just make light of things and enjoy the, enjoy the full picture of motherhood. It's just beautiful. I love, I love that. And, and it's funny. Cause like, I'm like, my culinary skills is not what I'm good at. And I'll even joke with like, I'm like, okay, chilly again. And I'll yeah. I'm like, but I'm good at other things. Like, right. Yeah. You know, you're being and, fed. Right. And, and I think too, like in thinking about as boy moms, when we sometimes feel like not qualified, like my boys are like yours, like they're athletic and they're active and, and some of the typical boy things that they love to do. Like I cannot, Monica, I cannot throw a ball to save my life. <laughs> my boys like want be like, mom, like, let me show you this like amazing mansion I'm building in Minecraft. Like yeah. video games make me nauseous. Like uh-huh. I, but guess what? My kids are like in that emerging tween years. And yet like, I'm really good at physical affection and I'm really Mm -hmm. good at like doing that in a way that they, they're still like, they're, they're still super cuddly. And, um, you know, I have a terrible singing voice and yet even my 10 year old still wants me to sing his bedtime song every night. And he likes just the way that I do it. You know, I love it. So it's like, find those things that you do well. And, and if you're listening and you're like, I'm so drowning in the thick of it. I don't even know, Becky. I tell you what, ask a friend, mm. ask a friend to tell you sure. what she sees in you because yes. friends have done that for me too. When I just feel like I am just over here, I am drowning. I am yeah. not cut out for this. And they're like, I've had friends, you know, text me and be like, really, every time I'm with you, I learn something and I'm like, I want to do it that way. Mm. Or I want to sure. delight in my kids the way that you do. And so we also have the power as women to speak truth and hope and be reflective mirrors in what we yes. see in one another. And oh, that's, that's, such, that's such a gift we have. I think so. And I, I think it's important to not be afraid to ask. I love that so much. Something you said just reminded me of a fun tip you said um, about kids in sports. So for mm-hmm. the moms out there, this like I ha- something I haven't thought of in a while, but if your kids are into sports and you don't love to maybe participate yourself, you don't want to throw a ball with your kids. I had a friend who taught me and I haven't actually used it, but she found an app that gave her, so if you've got like the sport loving kid that follows all the stats and baseball or football or whatever it might be, my friend Mm -hmm. found an app that gave her updates daily on like what was going on in the news and different sporting events. So as her kids hit the tween and teenage years, she would be able to just know what was going on enough to enter into conversations with her boys. about like, oh, I heard so-and-so won today. And her son would be like, whoa, mom. And that just was a little connection that they could have because she wasn't into it really, but she could like at least have the conversation. So I loved that. Hey, and I feel like there's nothing wrong with kind of like the the silly phrase, like fake it till you make it. Like maybe those things, you know, and sometimes I have to do that. And I'm like, I really, I don't want you to talk to me about I don't even know Minecraft or whatever yeah, it is, right. but I can be like, but you know what? Like I love you and I love your imagination and exactly. I love your curiosity. And so I can pretend to be yes. interested in this, like, and that's okay too. 
Absolutely. No. And sometimes you find out things are more interesting than you think they are. You're like, whoa. The other day I asked my son to show me a video game he was playing on my phone. And I was like, ooh, I started to get into it. I was like, wait a minute. What am I doing? (laughs) I hate video games, but this is kind of fun. Okay. Well, I want to transition here before we close. You've just offered such encouragement to us today. But I love to close us with asking a few specific boy mom questions. So Becky, are you ready to tackle those? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. We're keeping these a little shorter and sweeter because I want to ask for just a little wisdom from you at the end. So the two questions I have for you today is what is a boy mom essential? Something you use on the daily that you can't imagine life without any category goes here. Okay. So not to be like the Bible answer, but I promise the first thing that popped to my mind was prayer. Like Mm. I cannot get through the day as a boy mom without prayer. And sometimes, and that's not like to be super spiritual, but that's just like, yes, help me do this. (laughs) Like like give me the wisdom in this moment because I don't know how to respond or my patience is bone dried up, Mm -hmm. like pour out that to me. Um, But then I'll follow up. I know you only asked for one, but I'm gonna give you a second one because then I was thinking about it too. And I was like, okay, the other thing, and this is actually ties into the sports conversation. Okay, I could not live without individual cleat buckets in each child's room because I tell you what talk to um, me about this a cleat bucket so like a a container to hold your cleats your shin guards these things do not smell good Monica they do not they do not smell good and we have like a we have like a shoe a shoe bin in our living room Uh um and I was like what is that? What is that smell? Yeah. It was the cleats. It was I can like imagine. fumigating my whole house. And so I was like, each child has their own bucket and those cleats go in your own room and your room can smell, but my living room will not. So perfect <laughs> cleat buckets. That is so yes. good. I love it. Okay. Well, we are going to move on to a question about marriage. Your boys are a little younger than mine. I want to know if you have any, um, or just share with us when the boys were younger, even, what are some things you and your husband did to just nurture, cultivate your marriage when it seems like boys are just everywhere all the time? Mm. Well, what I would say to that, Monica, is it's, it, I think it's hard. It's really hard to nurture a marriage when you yes. have young kids. Yes. Even now that we, you know, our kids are in the school age years, it's hard. And so if you're listening and you're like, it's just hard, I don't know how to do it. I just want to say like, yeah, it's, it's hard. It is. Um, and so I don't know that we definitely don't do it perfectly, but one thing that was a total lifesaver for our marriage when our kids were young and even it's still effect is still good now that we're in a little bit different season is I clung tight to early bedtimes. That was like our sanity. Teach me your ways. I need early bedtimes. (laughs) That was our sanity, our saving grace for years. It was like seven o'clock. Uh, and when we had children who battled fiercely, we would start at six. And uh, I know that's not practical for every family because some some husbands or even wives, you know, work. You don't yes. get home until six or seven. And yes. so I get that. But for us uh, to know that, like, those sweet cherubs would be <laughs> in their it. beds by seven or 730. Um, and then my husband and I could have a couple of hours to even if we're just vegging in front of the TV. When sure. they were really little mealtimes were so chaotic of having three children in high chairs. Like it just was a scene. So we would all sit together, but, but Chris and I, we wouldn't eat. We would feed the boys and just focus on them. Yeah. And then they were in bed. Then we would eat a late oh, dinner. I love together. that. And it just was like that built in time to be like, 
we're people, we're going to eat like hot food together. I love that. Um, even if we have to like postpone it. And so just those things have helped build in. And, and now, I mean, our kids are there, you know, our oldest is 10 and he's still most days in bed by eight o'clock. And so we have a couple of hours together. That is brilliant. I love that. Cling to it. And and they'll tell me all the time, mom, I'm not a baby anymore. Why do I have to go to bed at 745? I was like, every family is different. This This is is our family. Again, again, considering your own needs, your own wiring. I think that's super important. Yeah. Wendy, uh, speak and I, in a recent Q and a episode, we talked about that because the teenage years have challenged us in new ways where kids are just up all of the time. But I'm like, you know what, you can stay up as late as you want with a book in your room. Just get out of my space. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That is that's so, so good. That, that's for sure helped me a lot. Oh, I love it. All right. And then before we close, one thing I love to ask, uh, and I didn't even give you a heads up, but I think already we've covered so much of this, but maybe you'll reiterate. If there was one piece of wisdom you could give a younger Becky, maybe from your early years when you just had those three little babes mm-hmm. all around you, what was a piece of wisdom you might give to the younger boy mom out there? Mm-hmm. Um. I think I would, I would tell myself, um, something that I read in a Jesus calling devotional Mm. that changed, changed my perspective. And it was this anxiety comes from envisioning the future without Jesus. Mm. And so much of my anxiety and my inadequacy and mothering has come when I picture like the season yet to come. And God is not in that picture. And I just think, how am I going to possibly do this by my own strength? And maybe that's even the next day or my husband's going on a work trip and I'm going to be home with, you know, these three little kids. And so I would say to that younger self, um, what I'm still learning to do today is in every picture of motherhood, put God in that picture and know that he is fiercely with us. Mm -hmm. He is, he promises to never leave you or forsake you and to go with you. And that that doesn't mean that like life unfolds perfectly, but it means that we can have his perfect presence with us. That's powerful. I love that. It's life changing. It really is. I love just the idea of using that in your imagination, even as you envision the future, because we all do that. We all forecast something, Mm -hmm. some kind of pictures of future times that make us anxious. That is beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, Becky, before we sign off, I would love it if you could tell everyone where they can find you. I'm going to have show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. You'll find show notes with links to everything, um, you know, we've talked about and a few notes as well from today's conversation. But Becky, can you just tell people if they want to hop over on social media or track you down right now, where can they find you? Yeah. My favorite place to hang out online is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So we'd love um, for you to find me over there. Let me know that you found me through the boy mom podcast. (laughs) I'm just at Becky Keith. Um, So just my name at Becky Keith. You can find me there. You can also find me on my website, beckykeith.com or nobettermombook.com. That will get you there too, nobettermombook.com. And you can drop me a line and find lots of uh, other great resources. So we'd love so to fun. love to see you guys. So fun. Well, you've encouraged me today, Becky, and I think you've encouraged a lot of other moms too. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's been such a gift. Thank you, Monica. 
Okay, guys, I hope you are encouraged with that conversation with Becky. And be sure to go over to show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. Look for this episode. You're going to find all the show notes, anything that we mentioned, all the places you can track down Becky. And I hope you'll get your hands on her book. You'll definitely be encouraged by all the chapters. Okay, so thanks for being here, guys. I have another episode coming up next week. Already looking forward to it. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, I love you.